0: Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Jared. And this is The Good Juice. Where we drink wine, whether it's good or not, but usually, and probably, is in fact, good juice. Showcasing Australia's best micro wineries, let us two bartenders and a special guest take you through three wines and a mystery beverage. If you love wine, like wine, or your mum drinks Sav and you wonder why, strap yourselves in for a wild fermented ride. Us. Welcome to the Good Juice for episode six of the podcast. Today we've uh, got a very special show. Jared's not here, so we've got Connor. Yeah, sorry guys, stuck with me for today. <laughs> you won't be that disappointed, don't worry. Uh, Connor is uh, one of our workers and uh, bartenders here at Burst and Desk. He loves wine doesn't know that much about it so um it's going to be a bit of fun learning some stuff and and talking some shit and funnily enough connor was the first person to actually do a recorded uh, version <laughs> of this podcast when we first started yes. before you even had a name
1: back in the day when we were still at uh your place doing it on
0: instagram feed yeah yeah, it was fun. it was uh, live on Instagram. We made that cocktail with yep. uh, what was it? Gossip Smello, yeah, yeah, Gossip Smello. Mm. And uh, without further ado, I'll introduce our uh, guest for today. We have David cash from the Throsby in Wollongong, my favourite wine bar, and they recently just changed owners. So I thought let's make friends with everybody and uh, you know get some people in here who want to talk about wine. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I understand that not only are you very experienced in wine, but you've also travelled a bit in your life? Yeah, i um, lived in a few different countries over
2: the years, so my dad actually used to work in Budapest in Hungary, so I was kind of back and forth between the UK and Hungary, spent a lot of time in Europe, travelling around, um, didn't really get to drink too much as I was a teenager, but still smelled a few <laughs> wines here and there and... Kind of got into like finding the different cultures so and trying different things. Smells. Yeah. I smell this isn't a yeah. video, so you can't see my inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Hungary, you get some brutal stuff. You've got the Palinko there, so you've got to be careful with those things. It's like <laughs> 70% proof, it's not good. Ooh, whoa. Um, and they were also very generous. My dad ended up having to drink shots for everybody because you'd go into a restaurant and they'd give everybody a shot. But me and my sisters couldn't drink it, so he would end up drinking four shots. So he'd end up erupting. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so that kind of got me into like love of traveling, trying different things, learning about cultures. So I lived in Spain for a bit, went back to the UK, started working, learning, uh, started working with wine there. Um, and yeah, last six years, more wine focused. Yeah, cool, man. Um, what made you come to Wollongong? Um, well, my I have family here, so my sister's been here for the last eight years, and my brother-in-law, niece and nephew, um, so I was working in Melbourne for the last two years, and then managed to kind of escape between the two
0: lockdowns, got out just in time. Oh, lucky. Yeah, I remember you telling me that, in fact, you, you escaped, like, you, you just went over here for a bit, and like, then there was complete lockdown in Melbourne. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so it kind of worked out well, because I would have been
2: stuck there, again, doing nothing yeah. this whole time, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's good to just be somewhere I can actually work and talk about wine and see people.
0: Yeah, beautiful mm-hmm. man. Well, it's it's been great getting to know you over the last few weeks, and it's good to have more people in Wollongong that really are passionate and, and know a lot about wine. So I, I guarantee you'll be a good addition to, to this week's uh, shit talk. <laughs> so um, before we get into the wines, we've in Eddie Van Halen today. Sadly, passed away of cancer at sixty six, I believe, something like that. Um, And so today we're going to try and make as many Eddie Van Halen puns as possible Or Mm. as many Van Halen puns as possible And I ain't talking about love Um, I'm (laughs) just running with the devil I'm unchained because these wines... (laughs) All right, all right. Let's uh, let's get into it. <laughs> you uh, went in way too hot on that yeah. one. <laughs> I was looking through right. my list oh, of names, yeah. and I was like, "Oh no, he's taking all the good oh, ones." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we've got three wines as we usually do every week. We've got some really exciting ones. So we've got the Vinden Head Case from the Somerset Vineyard in the Hunter Valley. Uh, lovely microclimate so we're going to find a lot of cool things happening there um, in the Simeon. We've also got the Adelaide Hills Hoy Chardonnay from Sigurd and then we have the Syrah from Sigurd as well. The 2018 Syrah, 2019 Sameon and 2018 Chardonnay. So I think we'll start with the Simeon today. Uh, we, it'll be slightly less full-bodied than your, than your Chardonnay over there so let's, uh, let's give it a crack. I'm pretty excited for this one. Saying so is Vinden is from uh, is from the Hunter Valley. He inherited his father's vineyard, and he's been touted as one of the young guns of of, uh, of wine in the Hunter Valley and, nay, Australia, probably the world right now. Um, in fact, um, his whole goal is just to create really uh, modern twists on different wines with different fermentation techniques, a little bit of barrel contact. Um, Cultured yeast, all the rest of that stuff. So um, I think we're going to find something in this wine. Uh, tight, lean, textural, mineral, um, and I don't know if you know much. Obviously, you know he's about Sémillon, um, David Connor. I don't know how many Sémillons have you had? Uh, most of the Sémillons I have had have been uh, blended with Sauv
1: Blanc. Okay. Um, I do believe I've had some Sémillons. By themselves, back yep. in the day. Uh, uh, as far as I've been very cognitive of the wine that I've been drinking, like actually processing flavors,
0: I haven't had Sémillon. Yeah right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, beautiful man. Well, uh, when it's love, it's usually Sémillon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Sémillon is uh, was found in Bordeaux, uh, used for white Bordeaux blends, commonly blended with Savion Blanc. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and it does make Sauternes as well, which is our, which yeah. is our dessert-style wine of Samyon because it is prone to Botrytis. Now, Botrytis is oh, a yes. certain fungus or, or growth that comes on the, uh, grows on the grape, um, and Simeon's extra yeah. uh, susceptible to it. Do you know why that is, um, Well, What comes kind of down to the skin,
2: so in Bordeaux especially, they have lots of folks when it comes to the end of the harvest time, and that higher moisture level helps that rot to grow. Um, and then it just punctures the skins, the water starts to evaporate off and it concentrates the sugars, so you get your sweeter style of wine, um, and then the fungus as well starts to add more like saffrony kind of flavors to it, honeycomb, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is also the other climactic conditions, so having like a big fog coming in the morning is really important. They have the same in Tokai and Hungary, so that's why you get the ferments with the botrytis. And then along the Mosul, if they need to later on, they get those mists coming up as the temperatures start to cool off. And you've generally got like the riverbanks or the water or something that's going to then mist up and yeah. allow that rot to grow.
0: Wonderful. You, when, when people that's describe these, um, the, these things that happen in certain graves and certain climatic conditions micro requirements. You can almost like imagine it, you know, there's a picture in your head that, that go, Well my head anyway. Every yeah. time someone talks yeah. about it, I'm like, Oh man, it's like a story, you know what I mean? You see that beautiful vineyard. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Mind, yeah, like, yeah. And the, and the mist, River, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mist. Yeah, 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 yeah. The mist is such a such a very uh, depictive mm-hmm. um description. Um, so we have two types of semion, hot climate semion, which you find more ripe fruits like mango, yellow peach, papaya. Um, sometimes a bit of moderate oak ageing, and you'll find these in California, South Africa, Africa, and uh, also your um, South Australian areas uh, where the hotter climate is. Cool climate semillon, uh, they pick the semillon a lot less ripe, so it has much tighter acidity. So more. So basically, when it's hotter. Uh, it means that it has more residual sugar when it's colder and you pick it earlier it has more acidity, right? So it's going to be more textural and lean. Um, so these are obviously um, they definitely mimic their popular cousin, Savion Blanc with that lovely kind of zestiness, but they do have that lovely textural element that a lot of wine writers describe as lanolin so it smells like sheep's wool you know it, it, it has that lovely silkiness mm-hmm. and oiliness that that you get from um a samillon so 19th century semillon arrived in the soils of australia in the 19th century um as i just said in the hunter valley <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a long time ago this has been one of our one of our first grapes besides Shiraz and and uh Capstab, Grenache, all those kind of old old style grapes we had. Mm. semions another one of those that's been in the Hunter Valley for a very very long time. Mm-hmm. And the it's microclimate cool. there is, is um, as Dave was explaining, with the with the mist and the cool rivers and and the cool cool uh, cool nights but hot days. Um, you, you get that lovely kind of. Yeah. Um, texture and taste um over the years of like it's been planted for probably 120 years now so yeah you can really feel it on the acid on this it's like
2: really like sharp green Mm. crunchy Mm. acidity oh it smells kind of of salivate so hard oh Oh,
1: yeah makes me want to dance the night away Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it it might just be because of the weather outside but I'm, I'm smelling this wine and I'm thinking of that like fresh um Air after the rain has stripped all the mm. dust from the air. Petrichor. Like, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. get a bit of that mixed in with
0: some like fresh um, peach. Yeah. hmm Yeah. Lanolin. Lanolin. Like sheep's yeah. <laughs> wool. <laughs> uh, mm. So this uh, this is a source from the Howard family Somerset Vineyard where Angus worked. Uh, he reckons he knows this vineyard as well as his own. These are planted in 1969 over fine sandy loam soils and mm. Usually, Samyon grows best on sandy soil, so it makes sense. Uh, the juice was fermented on solids in tank, a little bit of neutral oak, and given an extended lees contact. Um, this wine shows character of the old gnarled vines, balancing fruit and minerality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna actually properly analyse it now because it's really interesting grapes. I, mean, I, I, I didn't actually I've drank a shitload of it, but I've never mm-hmm. read about it. Right. I do love to hear the
1: descriptions that the winemakers leave for the wines um what they want to impart with the consumer Mm. um might be completely different from what i taste but yeah it's also interesting because like a lot of the time Mm. they'll write those descriptions when they're releasing
2: the wine but then if you drink it three years later it could have completely changed the development and the flavors will start to to adjust so that's so true yeah it kind of gives you that base of this is where it was when i released it but See where the journey's gone,
0: yeah. And in mm. t- 10 20 years, you know, you can age set on for 10 20 years because of that incredible amount of acidity, yeah. Um, it, it'll and age semi on's like nothing else on mm. earth, I reckon. Yeah, I'd
2: like to see this in a few years' time, just once that acidity softens a little bit and more of those tertiary mm. characteristics come out.
0: So, I think you bang on with peach on the nose, Connor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely getting that oily kind of lemon and nose to it. Um, it's almost like leathery. Um, on the nose, like, a like not, not, not like a black leather, um, or like a horse leather, more like a kind of, uh, thin fabric, Mm -hmm. um, kind of leather, like a new car.
1: It's interesting getting a a leathery descriptor from a a (laughs) white wine. Yeah. You hear that thrown around a lot with darker reds, the botanic stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what do you reckon? What do you get on the nose, Dave? I know, I'm with you guys. There's a
2: little bit of like a floral note to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe
0: chamomile, some kind of blossomy. Yeah, yeah, orange blossom. Man, it's it's it's. You can tell it's young, but it's so well structured. Um, yeah, that lovely kind of crunchy green apple that you were talking about. Um, comes through really nicely and that, that, that texture and, and lean acidity just covers your mouth mm. and makes you salivate so much um, For sure I drink the absolute shit out of this and I reckon this will be an incredible wine in like 5 to 10 years mm. Mm. that acidity on the back end just keeps me like chasing
1: that like fresh um, Christmas crispness on the front so it's got that moorishness to it mm. I just want more Mm, it'd be a yeah. great wine with food as well. It's just
2: clear anything up. Mm. So whatever you're eating, it's gonna fresh it up. So something with like a nice creamy sauce, cheesy, buttery, mm. anything pretty rich. This is just gonna strip straight through that. Oh yeah. Get you ready
0: for that next next mouthful. Yeah, yeah. That's that's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. That's right. um, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm very stoked this. So um, basically, David, on this show, we have a we have a juice scale. So uh, it's called the Good Juice. So we have uh, juice good juice, great juice, and sauce. Yeah, And it's your job to, to, to pick what it'll be. And it doesn't matter, like, you're not comparing it to anything, you're just going like, what do I think about this right now? Um, and which makes it heaps easier, because you don't have to compare it to anything, you just if you <laughs> feel good about it, and, yeah. you know? If you're in a good mood, it gets sauce. If you're in a bad mood, it might get juice. <laughs> might get juice. If you have a, another descriptor word you wanted to throw in
1: there to describe like it, its rating, Oh, yeah. in, the, in that rating system. If you want to call it Eddie Van Halen, if it's accurate.
2: <laughs> yeah. Start, have a little look at the uh, song list. What can we add in there?
1: I mean, looking at the wine on the glass, uh, it's definitely got drop dead legs. Uh, <laughs> Do it's on fire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
2: Just jump on the references, guys. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. um, I think we nailed that nose. I'm pretty happy with that. Mm. Yeah. So if I'm rating this wine, I'm, yeah. I'm generally pretty pretty harsh in my ratings. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I do think for me, like the acidity is amazing, but I don't think it's quite balanced with the rest. Like the complexity on the nose is great, but I don't think the rest of the body is really matching that acidity. Mm. Um, could add a little bit more weight. So is why I think in a few years time, it's going yep. like to really peak. Yeah, absolutely. So to me, it's the... Top end of good juice, and I reckon in a couple years it will be in great juice. Yeah, yeah, cool. Mm. Top
1: end of good juice. Yeah, yeah, nice. What do you you reckon, Connor? Um, I I just wish I had more semions to (laughs) as like a frame of reference um, because you you talked about if you want. (laughs) Oh, you know I'll drink the shit out. Um, But you said the winemaker likes to do that modern twists on um, traditional styles of wine mm-hmm. um, I would love to know how this is so different from other semions mm-hmm. like I know it's good I can't yeah. deny that it's good yeah but if, if I knew more about semions in general I think I'd be able to rate it as a great hmm so right now in my frame of mind it's a good juice absolutely uh, and as I discover more I could easily see how it could. Beat out other Sémillons and be a great juice.
0: Well, well, I think I think you stay true to the Terroir um, mm-hmm. on this one because if you're making Hunter Valley Sémillon, you're making Hunter Valley Sémillon because yep. it's one of the most unloved grapes in Australia. We have such a great climate to grow Sémillon, and not many people do it. So generally, Hunter Valley um, vineyards make. Samyon to be Hunter Valley Semillon so I don't think he's gone too far off the besides like a little bit of Lee's contact which adds a little bit of texture yeah. um, and then like he's fermented those solids as well um, and I just think like he stayed pretty true this, this to me tastes like just a lean straight Hunter Valley Semillon yeah it's kind of, um, of
2: that semi-reductive style so they've gone more like not trying to introduce too much oxygen yeah. probably more stainless steel Yeah, even with the Lee's I wouldn't say they're doing much bat- batonage or anything Whereas I Think the biggest difference in Bordeaux would probably be a bit more oak barrel, yeah, and that would be a little bit more textural, yeah, and um, would probably be like the biggest difference, a little bit more me. creamy,
0: yeah, yeah, as you add that oxygen in, yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna give it a good juice too, boys, higher end of good juice, not quite a great juice, um, because great juice is a is, is quite a high uh rating, um, and you know, to be fair, like it's 2019 vintage, it's probably only been bottled for mm-hmm. six months or something, um, and the way it's driving is is, is tasty. I, I drink this, you know, with anybody and show anyone if they want a nice lean white wine, mm. this is what you drink. In five years, it's probably a great juice for sure. Yeah. Um, it's going to develop all that creaminess and kind of grassy, grassy, mm. fruity flavours um, that, that are semion develops. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to go good juice for sure. Um, just a preface, how much do you think it is?
1: Oof.
2: Um, so I'm pretty terrible with prices.
0: Mm.
2: Um, I pretty much... Everything is being LUC for me. So trying to work out what things are retail is really mm. tough. Um, but retail... 26.
1: Connor? This is a game that Opie loves to play, uh, <laughs> where everyone guesses what they think it is, and then you says how amazingly affordable these wines are. So if (laughs) I didn't know that was the game you were playing, I would guess this would be a 28, 29 dollar bottle of wine.
0: Bing, 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 bing. What? (laughs) Oh mate, uh, that is an eruption! Right there. <laughs> we have uh, you absolutely nailed it. Oh, so it's Twenty nine dollars. Oh, makes me want to jump. Twenty six
2: plus luc. <laughs> that's what
0: twenty eight point uh, six. So yeah, yeah pretty much nailed it. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> mm. Well, I'm 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 stoked for that one. Oh yeah, delicious. But as I said, like you, you're right, it needs more fruit weight if it's be a great dude. Yeah, you definitely couldn't be unhappy with this wine. Absolutely not, and that's why the scale is so good because you're not giving it a five or a six. You're giving it a good juice and you're explaining why it's a good juice You're not being mm. like, oh, yeah, that's that's a five. You know, it, it, it sounds better being like, yeah, it's good juice because of these reasons. Um, anyway, 50% isn't bad. <laughs> uh, so our next one is the Sigurd Hoyt Chardonnay, and I'm really excited for a Chardonnay because yep. I haven't had um, a Chardonnay. Connor, could you get in your wine bucket, please? Please, chef. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, I haven't had a Chardonnay in a very long time. So we've got the Sigurd Hoy 2018 Chardonnay. So Chardonnay in itself is touted as one of the most, I guess, uh, polarizing grapes, yep. uh, especially in Australia mm-hmm. uh, with the generation we went through in the 1970s, 1980s, probably early 1990s, and then we started to get some grip on what the actual grape should, how the actual grape should be growing, um, in the in the two thousands. Um, and every time I, I would be at the winery giving people Chardonnay, I'd be like, oh, I don't like Chardonnay. It's like, no, no, yeah, no, no. The ABC mm. crew is strong. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're just like, oh, but no, it's really nice, you know. I mm. mean, um, if dreams came true, um, this would be the most popular white wine grape in the world because I fucking love Chardonnay. Yeah. What- so diverse there's so many different styles different ways of making it but that's also one of the problems
2: is that it's easy to make a different style of chardonnay but is it the right style for your region and then the moment you're doing the wrong thing for your grapes everyone knows that it's not tasting great
0: yeah exactly um which which makes you know it, it, it's kind of one of those grapes that only great winemakers can make well mm. if they're trying to do a uh a, a kind of um 20 percent of of the juice like oaked in like um, medium use French oak puncheons for 8 months, you know, we we still have that juiciness of the grape, you still have the creaminess and the nuttiness coming from that barrel contact it's kind of like you have that middle ground but if someone tries to do that with grapes that aren't grown on the right terroir it's going to be a disaster Um, because you want that fruit to speak mostly and that's exactly why people hate Chardonnay because they're like, (laughs) we can't grow Chardonnay so what we're going to do is throw it in just (laughs) 100% of the juice you know let's make a like barrel aged one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is what it was. And especially when you get this hotter
2: climate, which is where it often tends to be, and they already have less acidity, and then it's going through mallow, it's going
0: through oak, and it's losing yeah. so much mm. acidity, and it's just so flabby. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, oh, it's not restricted. It's gross. Um, <laughs> so, the, so the grape originated in a small village at, um, of Chardonnay in France, obviously. The name originally meant place of thistles or thistle covered place. Oh, uh, which Scotland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do not realise you spoke French in Scotland. <laughs> um, so we have, uh, as we said, David, we have two types of um, Chardonnay, un which you'll find in Chile, New Zealand, um, and you'll find like oaked Chablis in France as well. Um, and you'll have your lean, acidic kind of pineapple, green apple, lots of minerality coming through. Very grassy, I find, um, un-oaked Chardonnay. And then you have in usually uh, your Australian climate, California and Burgundy. uh, Heavily oaked, uh, producing flavors of vanilla, butter, nuts, flint sometimes, depending on how new the oak is or what type of oak it is. And then you have your um, a cool climate buttery chardonnay will have more citrus flavours, which, as we said, has more residual acid. And then your hot climate will have more uh, residual sugar, which will put through flavours like, as I said, like papaya and pineapple and and all those juicy kind of flavours that go so, so well with vanilla and butter and shit right so it's like it's as if it was made (laughs) hence why the oaking yeah yeah yeah. hence why the oaking (laughs) um so as you touched on malo before so just for the listeners malolactic fermentation aka malo uh it's not technically a fermentation it doesn't use yeast um but it's a special kind of bacteria called onacus Oni. Uh, which is really hard to pronounce Um, with a few (laughs) other lactobacillus as well, which eat the malic acid in the wine, um, which is your real astringent um, acidic um, acid and then poops out lactic acid, which is (laughs) your creamier, more milky acid. So you find people likening your Chardonnay to like buttery things. That's why, because of the amount of lactic acid in the fermentation. Yeah. this uh, Adelaide Hills Chardonnay sourced from the Adelaide Hills region hand-picked, a uh, whole bunch pressed um, and pressed into new French oak parcels for nine months, racked out of oak in small amounts of, of sulphur added and uh, the Hoid name is the Nordic name for hill that's why it's called the uh, Hoid Chardonnay which makes sense being from the Adelaide Hills yep. so I'm really excited for this boys uh, I love Chardonnay <laughs> and the last yes. few Chardonnays I've had haven't been great so um oh you know it's yeah, got it's a nice, lot to live yeah. up to it's got a nice nose though which is a great sign um so in some ways i feel sorry for burgundy because they
2: have the two grapes that are very polarizing pinot and chardonnay and like when you get a great one it's
0: great when you get a bad one they're so bad
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> And you're like, and, and you're just like, oh, I want to make the best thing possible. And then you fuck up one thing and it ruins someone's like perception of that for life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, good one, dickhead. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> you have one job. That was to make grandma like Chardonnay?
1: Oh, chances are grandma drank a lot of uh,
0: very oak Chardonnay in her time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grand, grandma drank just like vanilla juice. <laughs> I'm getting like uh, I'm obviously getting like the nuttiness um, I'm almost getting like perfume pineapple like lacto fermented pineapple um, which, which would make sense because of those um, different yeast strains and um, unfiltering
1: it's hard to put my finger on it it's like um, I think I'm getting some like lemon curd in there but it's mixed with something else for sure just be the nuttiness a bit piney. Salty.
2: I'm also kind of going like guava. Yeah, guava. Like, oh, yeah. So one thing I really miss about um, moving out to Australia is that there's lots of things that I bought in the UK for when I was doing like tasting exams and studying a lot that I just haven't been able to bring out with me yet. And one of them was um, like the Nadevan, so it's like nose of wine in English essentially like a perfume kit, like 88 different scent bottles with different wine scents. That's incredible. So you kind of go through like your citrus, your pom fruit, your tropicals and all of that. And I used to smell that every day to kind of keep my nose. And now I, I feel oh. like I've just lost so much of that edge. Yeah. Oh my God. So I've like, won it's one of those. That's so good. But I also didn't know if I'd be able to get it through customs,
1: so I haven't bought it with me. I Fair. thought, yeah, and they're not the cheapest things. So yeah, I can I'm, imagine one. one. Yeah. I guess I'm just going to have to drink a lot of wine instead. Oh, what a shame. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I probably agree on, like, pineapple, mango. I'm still getting, like, that underlying, like, perfume pineapple. Yeah. Um, which I think comes from that, like, secondary fermentation. It's nowhere near as... Uh, buttery and nutty as it is on the palate like it's like not like not much of that kind of um, nuttiness and no contact comes through on the nose besides like a little bit of one layer but like on the palate it's quite oh, yeah. quite creamy. You kind of feel oh, that like yeah. it takes off a little bit of the edge of
2: the
1: tropical fruit, like mm. nothing feels sharp or underripe, or feels like mm. nicely ripe but. I was trying to figure out what it reminded me of and then it clicked and I felt so stupid okay. it's the four pillar chardonnay barrel gin yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. It's Chardonnay barrel. And this is a Chardonnay. Uh,
0: that's sweet. delicious. Oh yeah. It's very, very complex. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on on the palate. It's extremely long. You get that like lemon lime acidity and, and, and um yeah. and grassiness up front and then it kinda that acid and minerality takes back your palate and then you're left with this lovely kind of um like uh I'd say like buttery vanilla. Um, flavor, um, it's more buttery than nutty. Yeah, definitely. That's really interesting because so you kind of you, may, you keep all those fruits that you have in the
2: palate, but then it's got like an amaro kind of note to it.
1: Mm. Mm. I think this is another white wine that has that sort of leathery quality we were talking about with Semillon, just that um, real light leathery though um
0: some can panic you, back end can you make it a can you make it a uh, a, a van halen quote <laughs> um if
1: leather was a teacher then i'm hot for teacher <laughs> i'm struggling i'm sorry
0: uh where does he talk about leather
1: um in a simple rhyme.
0: i think i know what you mean um, I think the, the difference between like this Samyon leathery kind of uh, like lelon oily smell to it is like a little bit perfumed it's sharper mm-hmm. I'm getting more like you know more of those um, yeah more of those kind of perfumed fruits like, 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 like uh, not permanent marker but you know what I mean like mm. um, comes from that like uh, dead yeast like like and least contact. It's one of those fancy furniture stores
1: with the uh, the white leather <laughs> chairs. You
2: just walk in, you're
1: like, yeah. "I
2: smell money." Yeah, <laughs> I smell Chardonnay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> mm, oh, so much going on. I, th- I think there is a lot going on.
1: It takes a while to process. There's been quite a few silences during this wine. Yeah. You kind of get that like cedar box,
0: mm.
2: like that well-aged wood. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely just developing as it warms up a little bit mm-hmm. as well. It's kind of changing, evolving
0: in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So well balanced. Mm. Like that. Yeah, you know, that lovely bit of acidity up front, which is which is uh, very German style. Um, the acidity up front mm. um, which is really interesting and I haven't drank much uh, French oats, chardonnays but I would imagine it's probably similar because of the climate um, you get that like acidity right up front but then it's fruity and creamy and, 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 and salty and you're left with that lovely bit of cedarwood and like buttery um, vanilla up back and it's beautiful wine beautiful wine Mm. Yeah, you kind of get that in, like that, that Chardonnay
2: Burgundy, so that middle section of Burgundy, yeah. where you have that slightly more moderate climate, still using some oak. Whereas like Macon, they tend to go a bit more towards that Chablis style, where they might not oak as much, or they might try and keep it a bit underripe. Um, oh, my God.
0: So
1: <laughs> nice. I'm really enjoying this one. Very good. It's the first Chardonnay in a while, so yeah, mm. it's good Perfect. One. You must be thinking I'd be... Why can't this be love?
0: <laughs> I have already used oh, that. Dear. Oh, no. <laughs> I have
1: already used that. You did bang that. through a few of those at yeah, yeah, right, yeah, the start. Yeah, alright. The
2: puns are on fire.
1: It's not it's like great. I said you were running with the devil or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's definitely wild. I want to know more. It's I keep going back to it because it keeps developing, um, like I said, as it warms up. But there's just so much to notice. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so with more time, uh, I think I'd understand it more, Mm. but right now I'm just amazed by this mystery (laughs) of the wine. Yeah,
2: a lot of that call for me is the complexity. There's a lot Mm. to explore there, which when you drink lots of wines, that is always nice. Mm. And then you can end up being overly generous to those wines because you're saying like, oh yeah, I can think about this, 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 talk about that. Um, But then the structure, there's nothing that's like jumping out to me that I, that I really dislike. So there's I was kind of like, yeah,
0: great juice is good for me. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, uh, I'm going to incline to agree with you there, Dave. Um, I think this is definitely great, great juice. And it's on the higher end of great juice, great juice for me too, because, uh, this is, yeah, this is a phenomenal wine. And, and when I said, like I was in the mood for a good Chardonnay, I, didn't expect it because this guy's a scientist, right? He makes these like freakish Frankenstein wines, right? And like the the Chenin Blanc, I think, went too far. Um, this is just right. This is yeah. on point. It, it's complex. It's delicious. It has all those characteristics that you love of your Margaret River Chardonnay and everything, um, but it, it's thrown in those, those little bits of um, – yeah, you know, little bits of lactobacillus ferment and stuff, and, and you get that little bit of acid and peaks and troughs of, mm. of flavour and acid, and then that yeah, that that finish with the washes away with all that salinity, and then you're left with that lovely nuttiness. I think that's just a phenomenal one. Yeah. yeah, straddling that line really well between what the grapes are giving and what he's adding to it. Yeah.
2: cool climate, warm climate. It's, yeah, it's doing yeah. a really good job of um, wonderful of getting everything in. Mm.
1: So that's what happens. When love walks in, (laughs) (laughs) oh, Oh,
0: somebody stop me! I ain't talking about love, but that's a fucking good (laughs) (laughs) wine. Also, uh, how much do you reckon it is? Oh, with the amount of time
2: it's probably put into that, with the processes, some barrel, but not that much new. Um, I'd say it's more than the last, so I'm going twenty-nine.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh I'm gonna guess thirty six. It's forty five.
0: Forty five. Forty five. So that, that's that's kind of fat. It's Xy, yeah. but I buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It is Xy, but I would mm-hmm. buy it. And uh, we've now got from the same man, Dan Graham of Segur. Mm-hmm. We have his 2018 Syrah. Um, and for those who don't know, and you're probably already aware, Connor. Syrah is Shiraz. <laughs> um, and you're nodding in, in agreeance in because you already know that. But, you know, I'll just sort of put it out there anyway. Um, it's the, uh, the the fancy Shiraz. It's, yeah. It's the one you the like set. to impress your friends with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some Syrah. <laughs> I only drink Syrah. Shiraz. Sorry, I only drink Syrah. Um, yeah. So Syrah is, uh, is the son or daughter or gender neutral of the grapes Dureza and Moldus Blanc. Um, Shiraz is our name for Syrah in Australia because it's you know way fucking more full-bodied. We're finding light, fresh berries, low tannin on a Syrah, probably more heavy tannin on this bad boy. Um, If you find meaty red wines from the Rhone Valley that, that are Syrah. So I'm guessing it's probably gonna be along those lines of, of, of your of your Rhone Valley, yeah. um, but not quite an Australian Syrah. And then if you're looking for flavors, you got like Szechuan pepper, blueberry, black palm milk, chocolate's a big one. I get so much chocolate in Syrah, um, in tobacco um, leaf. Uh, this Syrah was a 14 day ferment with 20% whole bunch um, fermented. I know who can uh, tell you about malolactic,
2: that's the ice cream man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit of a stretch there, nothing to uh, Light oh, up the sky like a Spanish fly. I <laughs> know, <laughs> Chardonnay can be really interesting, but then
2: again, like Pinot, it can be very expensive when you go into those oak styles. Mm-hmm. I mean, the oak barrels that people tend to be using for this can be really expensive especially when you have those, those first three years where you're using the barrels and they're still new, mm-hmm. the amount of money you have to make back on those, they can be anything for like a 1000 or $2,000 um, for a US barrel to kind of 5000 10000 for a French oak. Wow. So the amount, the amount of investment you're making for these barrels can make a huge impact. Just mm. another reason why it's kind of crazy why they, why they had that huge oaky phase. And yeah. a lot of it was wood chip and essence. Yeah, like they were staves. Weren't, yeah, yeah. They weren't actually using yeah. good winemaking techniques. They were using really cheap quality
0: ways to get that flavor in. Yeah. Um, mm. Just to chase points. It's funny when they talk about neutral oak because technically yeah. nu- neutral oak can sometimes just be the side of a barrel chopped off and thrown in the fermentation. Yeah. But you don't actually have to rest really? it in barrel. Yeah. yeah, you can
2: put like oil. Oh, you can yeah. put the staves into the stainless steel. And like some people will do that to get the oak, they'll just char the stave, put it into mm. the barrel and do that. Or have your, if you've got a rotation system, if you're trying to do some like pigeage or pump over, punch, punch down and like mix in some oxygen, use the wooden staves to do part of that. Mm. And that's a way to get the oak flavor in without actually having to pay $1,000
1: for a good barrel. Incredible. incredible. So there is, there's many ways to cheat that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. technicalities man. Cheat the system, not
2: quite getting the same as the flavor. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the time, the only way to really know is to look at the price point. Right. Is the producer like taking a huge chunk out of their profit margin they're making a really great quality wine Mm. using the best quality things and not making the consumer pay for it? Or is it kind of mass produced and they've added other things to give those flavors? And, True. Yeah, and it kind of, depending on the country, the taxes, like the other things involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Generally, yeah, if you're looking at the price points, it might give you an idea of oh, this is probably a stave rather than a new barrel, just because they would never be able to make that barrel cost back.
0: Well. Wow. I, I've That Amaro that you're talking about, Dave, is mm. uh, that grapefruit for Nolik, which, which you find in some, uh, we Chardonnay quite a bit. But uh, a lot of Chardonnays, um, because they have that barrel contact, they can sometimes go a little bit bitter in the in the mid palate. But it doesn't hang at all. It kind of just adds structure, mm-hmm. um, mm. and that like you get that lean acidity, like that juicy acidity, and then the, the phenolic acidity, which is like the grapefruit peel. Yeah. Um, but it just like fades away, and then you're left with that lovely minerality, and and mm. and you like. Oh, it's gone, and then it goes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you reckon, Dave? What do you?
2: Oh, I said great juice. Great, straight up.
0: Yeah, straight up great nice.
2: juice. Straight up great juice.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love the confidence on that call. Um, <laughs> I'm still putting this
0: one at the very high end of a good juice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in the Yarra Valley, they're now planning things like. Uh, Nebbiolo, um, Barbera to deal with those hotter climates mm. um, because the Shiraz in, in, in Yarra Valley, yeah. they just don't have the amount of um, dryness that, that South Australia does. Whereas 50 um, years ago, they wouldn't have planted grapes like that. Yeah, no, yeah. there's no any hot enough. Mm. Yeah, wouldn't get phenolic ripeness and there'd be just tannic bombs. Yeah, wild. Um, and, and, mm. and so, especially uh, with France as well, a lot, a lot of the vineyards in France, mm. in the Rhone Valley, in Burgundy, um, they're having trouble getting the yield that they used to on Pinot Noir they're having they're having trouble getting the yield on their Bordeaux on the cab is um, another one of those ones and as you said they might have to start making Shiraz uh, the, the, the grape of Rhone Valley rather than Syrah I guess um, that's if Australia doesn't patent um, Shiraz like every other oh, <laughs> every other yeah. bloody country is patented there I have an appellation uh, on it yeah well that's mm, yeah I
2: mean we'll just do the same as you guys do just don't agree to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nice. You're making Prosecco This fight It's
0: allowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We mm. don't agree to anything as far as climate change goes. Um, mm. So I do the same with, it, with something like that. But yeah, so it's, it's becoming a bit of a problem. But um, yeah, hopefully, uh, with, with they, they clone grapes and stuff these days as well, plenty of clones getting around maybe they could start cloning um, Syrah, which I don't think they do much um, much of in Adelaide. Yeah, but the thing is everyone, when it's cloning,
2: generally when people are talking about clonal varieties, it's always about Pinot. It's about the different blocks in Burgundy, it's about like this is from Romany, this is from Mar- like yeah, mm. it's always about Pinot, most of the time when I hear people talk about it. Um, obviously there are clones, like every different region, if it's been native to there for a good amount of time, it will have changed. It will have evolved over time. Um, even like Shiraz in Australia will have evolved to the hotter climate, and it will be different to the original vines that were first brought over, um, just from natural adaptation. Um, but whether we really—I mean, there, there will be people researching it, especially with the f- potential for future growth, change in the climate, all of that. So there'll definitely be people at various wine like UC Davis the Bordeaux School yeah I'm sure Australia
0: has a premium wine university that I don't know the name of yeah yeah um, yeah yeah Um, yeah. I mean it's definitely a conversation that has to be talked about because all these politicians that say that climate change doesn't exist well their wine's going to be fucked soon so uh, your, yeah. your, your expensive <laughs> Penfolds Grange isn't going to be a thing in a couple oh. of years son <laughs> probably like the biggest issue is that the winemakers
2: Potentially will be less affected than the growers because Mm. it is an agricultural product. And the people who own the land are the ones that are really going to lose out. If Mm -hmm. they can't afford to, if that land becomes worthless and they can't sell it and they can't afford to buy new plots that they can then grow and sell, the winemakers can still buy from whoever's growing. If their investment is in what they're selling and they can pick and choose where they're buying the grapes from, they might not be affected. Whereas the people who own the land are going to lose everything. Yeah. So. It depends on who are grower producers and who are producers. So some mm. people they don't necessarily own the vineyards themselves; they're just buying for everyone else, mm. and they're in a they're in a great position. And the winemakers themselves they can go work for other companies and they can work at developing areas. But the people yeah. who the farmers are going to lose out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their livelihoods. Yeah, yeah. So this thing is—we talk about wine. It's really easy to forget it is an agricultural product. Like it is yep. something oh, we grow.
0: That's why we like wine so much because yeah. it tells such a story. You know, this mm. go, this goes mm. from someone's hand um, to a to a vat to a press to a yeah you know, all these things to a bottle yeah to someone's glass mm. to someone's mouth and everyone's oh, brain yeah. interprets it differently. Oh, yeah. You know, to a, to a bottle like all these things. Yeah, it's a beautiful label and everything but this started off there's probably dog shit next to this at one, <laughs> at one point no, oh yeah <laughs>
1: oh my god vineyards love to have dogs on the yeah oh, it's yeah. great yeah. yeah chase away all <laughs> the pests mm. but it's it's agricultural artistry like there's such an art form to it yet it's it's growing a product yeah and then doing something like that. Well, I think this is the first
2: year where the young guns of wine have put a new category in to celebrate the growers as well as the winemakers and the wines themselves. Well, right, so right. previously, the awards have been the best winemakers and the best wines, but this year they're adding, they're including winemakers as well. Yeah, So wonderful. there's definitely more of a focus moving on to the farmers. Yeah. And hopefully that will move forward yeah. going into potential subsidies, helping them like transition their vineyards yeah. into more suited climates or... Pulling up varieties to grant to plant new varieties for mm. the future, but um, yeah, who knows what's going to
0: happen? Yeah, I, I'm um, gonna. I i do not love this one. You don't. That's, um, oh, that's okay.
1: Um, I mean, let me let me find an something. <laughs> there. uh, so there's one called. So this is love? Question mark? And you're mm. saying no, mm. or ain't talking about love? I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying. No I'm
0: not saying it's not love. You know, like you can mm. fall in love with anything. You're no good. Uh, some people love plants. <laughs> yeah, feel this is a pretty woman. Uh, <laughs> um, Look. On a serious note, tell, tell us why. Uh, so on the nose, I'm just looking for a bit more. Uh, the, the yeast yeah. takes over a lot. Um, I, I find that when that when when they do barrel ferment, sometimes it can go a little bit awry. Yeah. Um, when they. Don't ferment out the solids, um, and that kind of might have a second ferment. I, I don't know how it works, but I find that some of these natties, when you smell them, yep. they have that real yeasty smell to yep. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the palate, it's tasty for sure. Like, like it has elements of like cherry and, and like chocolate, and like it has a real herbaceousness like cardamom and 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 like nutmeg, it's like in spice. there. Yeah, quite spicy. Um, and then it kind of just leaves and I'm left with not, not a lot. Are you left with that tannic mouthfeel? Cause yeah, I, I'm a, still like feeling- A little bit of tannin in my mouth. But there's not much uh, flavor associated mm. with the tannin. Yeah. yeah.
1: right. I mean,
2: I'm searching for fruit in this. Like, I'm mm. getting lots of perfumes, mm. I'm getting lots of tertiaries, but mm, I mean- Exactly right, yeah. I, I'm searching for that core. Yeah. Like, mm. Yeah, what is- So like a bit of a cherry? Yeah, I'd say like a bit of cherry, a bit of plum, but there's nothing, yeah. it's not like the other ones that had mm-hmm. like multiple different yeah, fruits yeah. that we were talking oh, about. Oh yes, whereas this they were one, so fruity. Yeah, this one is more the process and the development, but it's only 2018. Right, so you reckon in a few years... there would probably be even less fruit and more development, which then... So drink now. Yeah, drink, drink <laughs> now, enjoy. It depends kind of what people like. I mean, there will be people who will love this wine. It's this beautifully mm. perfumed. it's pretty elegant... Yeah. It, it is that Syrah style. Um, but then I would expect like a really like stronger
1: damson flavor or some, something to mm. push through all of that as well. Mm. So I'm personally loving it. Um, yeah. So that's the great thing about <laughs> taste being so subjective. Yeah. Uh, and this is the hill I die on. This is the hill I die <laughs> on. Uh, um, the last one I gave that one a, a good juice and yeah, it's giving it great juices. This one I feel like it's been the uh, most interesting one I've tasted mm-hmm. all day. Uh, I'm Uh I am loving the uh, interesting nose. Uh, I wasn't labeling it as yeast. Like, I know it's a, a natural wine. Um, I know they tend to be really funky, but this one doesn't seem so funky. It has... What am I getting? I'm getting... chocolate, tobacco, and cherry, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is super interesting. Uh, and I think the palate is pretty close to match, uh, with that lingering tannic that makes me, that just reminds me, oh yeah, I'm drinking a great wine. Let's go back to it. Um, so those are, those are the elements that are just exciting me about the wine. Okay. Um, And, you need uh, to drink more Syrah, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair well, call. I should definitely drink more Syrah. I should. Um,
0: it's not a bad mm-hmm. wine by any stretch. It's just like oh, yeah. that. It's de- the, the thing. Like, I don't know if you have this um, as well. But it's just sometimes um, natural wines, that yeast like overpowers the nose, mm-hmm. which I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't like I understand like it's there and there's yeah. sometimes like there's like a third layer of that yeast but like it just smashes you in the face mm-hmm. and then I find it hard to get down to the real layers of it. Yeah, well, um. yeah with those natural, ye-
2: natural wines as wild ferments, you never know which yeast is going to dominate. So it's a massive gamble about what flavors is going to come out. And even if the yeast you want does come through, how long have they been competing? Mm-hmm. whereas when you throw in your commercial yeast you know it's going to win it's going to kill everything else it's going to outcompete it's going to outperform and it'll be consistent with your wild yeast that initial fermentation could be a, a much longer period of not necessarily the best yeasts giving different flavors and that will give complexity will give interest um, and then it depends on the palate of the consumer like what is it that you're looking for what do you enjoy Yeah. Um, mm. But it's good to have these different wines because they're very traditional styles. Um, I am wary with when people talk about wild ferments and natural wines about whether that winery also has a commercial element, because if they're also producing commercial wines, the commercial yeast is ambient in the air and will always dominate. So it's not necessarily a wild ferment because wow. the commercial yeast is the one that will win. It's it's scientifically designed to yes. be the strongest yeast. So there are, there are producers that will build a separate winery and all their natural wines, all their wild ferments are being done in a separate winery, but there are others who say, like, oh yeah, this is a natural ferment, but they've done it in the same air as the commercial. So it's the commercial yeast that's going to win.
0: So that's why they have barrel rooms and stuff for the sour beers and like they have an entire different, yeah. um, different set up different for, the for them. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's developed a bit more on the nose. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to, to know what you think. Hmm. I mean, yeah, the thing is, it depends
2: when I'm I'm talking about wine, I go through two different phases. Am I talking about this wine for a systematic tasting or am I talking about this wine for my own personal taste? Mm. And generally I'm trying to do a more systematic approach because most of the time when I'm with wine people, I want to practice and I want to get better so that if I take an exam, Mm. that's what I can do. Um, And then when I go into that thing, that's when I think, okay, it's lacking fruit. It's a lit, The flavors are a bit short in the palate. The tannin does continue. But for me, it's a fairly short palate. Mm. Um, but I am enjoying the wine. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I quite like that perfume nose. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does remind me of those more European styles that yeah, I do yeah. miss a little bit because yeah. I don't get to drink as much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but having said that, like my like awakening wine, when people sometimes talk about that one wine that you drank and you're like, yes, that is the wine that made me want to drink wine. Mm-hmm. Um, was a Jean Louis Chave Hermitage 2007, and this is nowhere near on that level.
0: Oh yeah, of course.
2: So if I'm comparing it to that, I'm like, okay, it's it's still it's still got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. But it's I mean, it's 2008. It's pretty young. Um, how many vintages has Sigurd been producing?
0: how long have they been making wine? Ah, uh, fair while. Fair while. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a fair while. I'm not sure the exact. Um, Oh, yeah but yeah def- definitely um, so i think there's, there's a lot of potential in this style it's really interesting oh, yeah. the
2: grapes definitely suit the style mm. and then it'll be interesting to see how different vintages change and as the winemakers like really get into that that style yeah like how it develops i think there's a huge potential with this wine yeah uh, not necessarily this vintage but definitely this style with those grapes yeah yeah um but as I said, like, I think it's lacking a little bit of fruit core, so maybe in trying to make the Syrah style, possibly it was picked a little bit earlier than mm. optimal. Um, but that is always, like, if you're trying to differentiate from Shiraz, that is always going to be the risk. Like, you're going to pick a little bit
0: earlier and it might not quite get yeah, of course. the fruit you want. So, yeah. Mm. Well, like, as I said, I, I, by no means is a bad wine, no. um, mm. but by no means, I so just like, I don't know, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I just wanted a bit more. Mm. Mm. So do you think by not being as much of a fruit bomb, there's been space mm. for other flavors to come through? Well, one of the things that I've been told or talked about with other
2: people when I've been doing, when I've been studying, mm-hmm. is if it no longer, well, when you're talking about how a wine is aged, if you no longer have those tertiary characteristics, is it still really a wine? Like, are you then going into like your fortified territories or like, is it now about, it's less about what the grapes done and more about the winemaking? So right. if the winemaking and the aging has made this taste of what it tastes, were the grapes really relevant? So then should, is it like, is it no is it now important where oh, these grapes are growing? You're blowing my mind. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's kind of like, if you don't have that fruit core, um, hmm. are you still talking about wine or are you just talking about a scientific experiment where they've done different agings, they've used different yeast, and they they have made, the winemaker has made the flavors, not the grapes. I'm still gonna give it good juice.
0: Yeah. I'm <laughs> still gonna give it good it's, juice. It's still happy to smash it back. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, mm. I, I'm, I just analyze things too much, you know, like, mm. um, and you're gonna give it grape juice, Connor? Uh, I am gonna give it grape juice, but I've got a lot to think about uh, in terms of
1: what I, don't, the don't things worry. I appreciate in a wine. Mm. Um, yeah, right. it, it's been absolutely fascinating hearing about uh, losing the qualities of the grapes in their
0: like rawest form. It's just uh, through processes. You can tell two purists from like someone <laughs> who like hasn't drank that much wine. That's has me. Been introduced mm-hmm. to like a lot of new styles of, of, of wine, you know, um, yeah. and the the world that we surround ourselves around now isn't Rhone Valley Syrah. It isn't, you know, um, Spanish <laughs> Garnacha, it's like Barossa Valley ganache. it's it's Barossa yeah. Shiraz, you know, like, and, and even this being a Syrah style has that nose of, you know, kind of dry style Syrah from um, France, but it doesn't hold up to the fruit weight that, that something of that style yeah. should. And I think that's, a, you know, a two purists commenting on the wine in an analytical point saying that, I, I just want more from this in a few different ways. And you're know, like, I really like this because this is what I'm tasting and it tastes good. It's just like my mind, which is like, this is a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be hard to,
2: to pick out in a blind tasting. Yeah. It's not like your <clears throat> typical style. But then the other thing is diversity is great. Like yeah. we, everyone can name now pretty much the core French varieties, hmm. but there's so many other varieties and so many other styles When you go into these like wine exams, they're choosing wines that you should be able to get. And they're trying to choose the most typical versions of those wines. Right, not trying to fool you. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the time, you're tasting very specific styles of a wine and being told that is that wine, which can be detrimental to your experience and your enjoyment generally, and to enjoying with other people and other people's tastes. When I'm just drinking wine outside of drinking with wine people, I'm not thinking about any of the structure. I'm trying not to think about anything. Yeah. I'm just to enjoy myself, have yeah. a drink, chat, and not be there being like, oh, this needs more body and this needs more
0: fruit. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, exactly. Well what what are you gonna give him? Good juice? good juice? Good juice. Good juice. Yeah. Good juice, good juice, great juice. Look man, he's a great winemaker. He's mm-hmm. a Frankenstein. You know, he does some stuff that not a lot of people can I'm just gonna go get that Sherry. Yep, do it. That's a good finisher.
1: Van Halen has a song the same name as Hannah Montana best of both worlds <laughs> uh, it's, I, I, I do <laughs> hope that it's a cover of Hannah
0: Montana's song <laughs> <laughs> done in a exactly. very yeah. hard oh, wrong way yeah, um, I feel, I feel
1: a rock I think on. I'm going to be very disappointed this when I listen to it to
0: Hannah Montana <laughs> 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 oh uh, my goodness so tell us about this uh, Davo okay
2: um, so we've got um, a amontillado Sherry So this is kind of the between-stage style of sherry. It's started life as a Fino, finished life as an Oloroso. So it's been aged both ways, bit of biological, bit of oxidative. This is the uh, Sanchez Romate, so very high-quality producer. They do like every different style. Um, And yeah, I've not tasted this guy, so it'll be interesting to go. But yeah, Palomino grape.
1: Thank you. Of course. Yeah, you know, I've, I've tasted oh. this varietal sherry once before mm-hmm. and I was just Jared in the bar saying, yeah. Connor, what's this? And of course I had no idea because I've never tried it before. <laughs> it really threw me. It's, yeah. like, it's like this one. It's like this one as well. Uh, I don't know. So, <laughs> Fino, know
0: Fino Sherry is a sherry that has no oxygen contact, right? So, it's a palomino grape grown on uh, these specific soils, alluvial soils in, uh, what, what are they called? The chalk? Oh, they um, it is, uh, bu- 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 bu-
2: myu- uh I right. do Let me double check
0: because I didn't... you can edit this out, so it's fine. It's, um, mm. Albarica. Aberica, yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. So Aberica um, soil uh, um, is, is, is what's grown in Jerez, in, in right? So, so they grow palomino grapes on Aberica soil. So Fino Sherry is no oxygen contact, right? Oloroso Sherry is accidental oxygen contact. So Oloroso... Sorry, Manzanilla is accidental co- so, um, no, contact.
2: Manzanilla, so the way I think about sherries is I kind of split it into three categories. Well, so you've got sweet Sherry and dry Sherry is kind of if you want to split it into two. But the easiest way for me is to split into three. So you have um, Fino and Oloroso, which are both grown from Palomino, generally speaking. Yep. You can get, like I think it's about 1% planting in Muscatel. Um, and then they might do PX in a dry style, but generally, generally Pedro Jimenez is for the sweet style. Yep. Yep. So that third style is Pedro Jimenez. So that's a different grape variety. And they'll pick that later, they'll dry it on straw mats, so we get super concentrated sugars. And then they'll press that and get like a sweet style of sherry. So with your finos, um, they're aging that on the floor. So it's a natural type of yeast. But whereas unlike the yeast we use for fermentation that produces alcohol, this is a type of yeast that feeds off alcohol. So they they make a still wine from the palomino, um, And then they put it into barrels, leaving an ullage of kind of a quarter to a third of the barrel. Um, and the floor will naturally grow on that and it will feed off that Um, fortified wine so they'll add a bit of extra spirit bring it up to 15 percent if they go the alcohol too high it will kill the floor it can only survive like 15 16 Um, and then that will feed off that and this was kind of the origin or part of the origin of the solera system is that you have to keep feeding that bowel regularly because it is eating that yeast It's eating the alcohol sorry um, and producing these extra flavors. And then you're adding in the extra wines from the new year. So the alcohol is being topped up and then it's feeding off that and it keeps that floor level producing. Um, the second style is your Oloroso. So this case they're fortifying up to kind of 17, 18 and then the alcohol's too strong for the floor to develop and grow. So again, same kind of ullage in the barrels um, and it has that oxygen contact within the barrel. It's not full oxygen because it's not an open barrel, it is still sealed. So it is that system, but it does start to oxidize over time. So it's a very slow oxidizing process. Um, and you get your kind of more nutty, hazelnutty, rather than your like fungal mushroomy flavors. Um, and then your PX is your sweet. And then everything else more or less is variations of those three. Yes. So manzanilla is in base terms, Fino style, but grown, uh, but aged in San Luca de Baramela, so a different village, whereas most Finos are aged in Jerez. Uh, and San Luca is a bit closer to the sea, so they generally say it has more salinity, more freshness to it, um, as that's where the barrels are kept. Then you have a Monte which is this style, so it starts off as a Fino, and then they'll move it into an Oloros, well, they'll move it into a Monte style Solera, so it will then be <laughs> fortified and will start to age under oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have your palo cotado, which is a bit of a weird style because there's the laws for palo cotado are kind of fast and loose. But I think of it as a failed phenol. So <laughs> it's started off as a phenol, but for whatever reason, either they've tasted it and it's not the style that they wanted. So they've then decided to oxidize it mm-hmm. or the yeast may have, the floor may have died and, like, in between tastings and they're like, okay, fine. It's now oxidized and they'll make the Palacotado style. Um, but it's not necessarily what they intended for that barrel. Um, it's just what's happened. Uh, then you've got like vintages and you've got single vineyard stuff, which is like getting a bit in depth. Yeah, um, and then you have all your blends, so they will blend the Pedro Jimenez, the sweet style, with all those other styles and get different things. So that's where you get your pale cream, your cream, your medium. Yeah, um, and that's Pedro Jimenez plus Fino, Pedro Jimenez plus Amontillado, yeah. Pedro Jimenez plus Ambroso which gets your your sweet styles yeah it's wicked. a blend of the two
0: yeah it's it's pretty cool stuff um uh, i i did yeah. a whole bunch of research on um sherry last year because i was just like fuck i love sherry i was going to this <laughs> bar and um in brisbane called alba bar um mm-hmm. they're a sherry bar yes. and there's so many good sherrys. um me and trent were just knocking them back trent's my brother um and it was so so good and i go back from there i was really interested in him so it's it's it's, uh, it's interesting to hear someone who has lived in Spain explaining what Pedro Jimenez, um, or sorry, what Sherry is, and then searching it on the internet. It's completely fucking different. Like everything you just yes. said then, I was like, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's
0: incredible. This is... I wish I was drinking Sherry when I lived in Spain.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> it... I was far too new to wine. <laughs> this is delicious. Yeah. That's so, that, so nose, tasty. Oh my God. That's just like- so complex. Oh. Caramel. Caramel, chocolate, yeah. coffee, it's yeah. like orange peel. I think you really get those more like,
2: kind of more of an Oloroso nose, but the palate is very vegetal. Mm. And you get that more like biological aging, that kind of fungal element. Like, I say fungal guys, I'm talking more like truffle and mm. like portobello yeah. mushroom. Mm. The good D- fungus. Don't think like toe fungus.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll try not to it's going to be hard to now if it's like, toe fungus I'm if up it's
0: <laughs> for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's fantastic you get a like, little yeah like vegetal like mm. mushroom you get a little bit of apricot in the back mm. like with that astringency yeah. as well it's true really um, like that nose and the palate are wildly
1: different mm, like yeah. it's um, very intriguing and this is one where
2: it is a stylistic wine. Like they're not trying to maintain any characteristics of Palomino. One of the reasons why that Palomino isn't a huge grape in the world generally, is because unless you're getting the most premium sites, it's a fairly bland grape variety. There are some amazing dry Palominos that you can get, um, but the reason why most of it is used for fortified wine is because it doesn't necessarily have that much flavor. The same as why you have like Colombard or Blanc for brandy like they're not yeah. growing that grape mm-hmm. to make the wine sometimes they do and there are specific examples that are great but the majority of it is being mm-hmm. like some is being used for fermentation yeah. for distillation because it doesn't have as much flavor so that you can sell it as a single varietal so in this case it's improved by years and years of blending and aging and oxidizing and
0: yeah, biological, biological age All sorts of shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> craziness that That I can't even comprehend. Stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to give this uh, straight up sauce because I fucking love sherry. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, look, this is very, very complex, and I, I'd love to sit on this for a couple mm-hmm. of days and and kind of pick its brains. Yeah. Um, and because it's Sherry, I'm assuming we got this open for a while, so I might, might ask for a little bit more, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's delicious. Um, as I said, love Sherry. I uh, would love to, uh, drink way more Sherry, but it's pretty unattainable sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what the,
2: the Wollongong scene
0: is like for Sherry. Uh um, oh, yeah. yeah I can tell you so Scott
2: you. Wolsey who imports this for TSA he's huge on sherry. He lives in Victoria, so once lockdown is over, if you get in contact with him, he will supply you with as much sherry as you can handle.
1: Oh yeah, we do need a lot of sherry here. here. Yeah. Yes. Um well I don't even so what are you giving it? Uh, I might I might join you on that one because that nose was just unbelievable yes. by itself. And then just that, that flavor on the palate just makes me want to go back to it to be like, I want to know more. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've said that about everything we've drunk today. <laughs> I just want to know more. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's just, it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, thank you so much for bringing this one in, David. No, my pleasure. Sherry yeah, is like the, nice. the classic sommelier thing to finish on.
2: Cause everyone, right. everyone has like palate fatigue after tasting so much wine. It's like, nah. Drink a sherry, you'll, you'll be able to taste that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So our wines today came from Maven Merchants in South Australia. He's a lovely dude, Henry Henrique, uh, who distributes these small batch wineries um, throughout the country. Uh, he's got a bunch of cool wine. He's getting, a I believe, 40 more on um, in a couple of couple of weeks which is really cool as well a couple of a couple of nice wineries releasing some new vintages of things um but yeah the, these wines super affordable delicious if you want to get on to maven merchants you can get 15 percent off with the code good juice on their website get a 15 percent off case or a six pack and just get around these guys because they're doing really cool stuff like as i said like i just like I love Syrah, I didn't taste so much, but the rest of them were Like the Chardonnay was incredible. Um, and just these small batch guys create stuff mm-hmm. that you can't really find um, on yeah, the mainstream market. Really interesting wines. Yeah and, yeah, and you're supporting um, small guys as well. <laughs> so get on to Maven Merchants. Uh, also, thank you to David. For coming on today, Whoa. and uh, nice. a pleasure if you're around town, get to the Throsby where Gus, David, Gemma, Terence, the crew there will sort you out with some delicious wines, and uh, maybe they'll even come into your bar if you have one and, and have, have a few beverages <laughs> with you. Um, and thank you to Connor for covering Jared this week. Um, cheers! Because uh look i'm a bit sick of jared so you know it's nice.
1: <laughs> well, i'm sorry i don't talk as much shit as jared uh,
0: but maybe that's a good thing uh, don't don't tell him i said that wait so yeah th- thanks for coming on man i thanks appreciate it me. uh and if you want to hear more about the good juice follow the at good at the good juice on instagram uh follow us on spotify um, on and on any of your other favourite podcast platforms. If you want to see some rubbish photography, follow at t underscore opy on rubbish. Instagram. Sure. Follow at burst and death bar if you want a fucking delicious cocktail. And at the Throsby on Instagram, if you want some wine Wine and updates on the day, I believe you guys are doing oysters or you did oysters. We just did that last weekend. Mm. Yeah. Um,
2: There's going to be going forward more winemaker dinners on Wednesday nights. There's there's a lot happening in the future. There's a vegan tasting coming up with some cheeses and wines. Awesome. Uh, Bring it on because
1: vegan wines are not always easy to come
0: by. These are
2: all
1: vegan. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah, Amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, It's it's hard to know what is vegan, what isn't. It is. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for coming on. We'll do one last cheers. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Next week, I don't know who we got on, but tune in (laughs) because I'll be here and Jared will be here and someone will be here. (laughs) Mystery guest for more delicious wines. Tune in to the good juice next week.